This episode is brought to you in partnership with IconSource, connecting aspiring brands with iconic athletes in a trusted and secure marketplace. IconSource's 50 for 50 campaign boosts awareness and financial support for pro women in sports. They're actively seeking 50 companies to commit at least $10,000 to 50 different pro female athletes. Check out IconSource's 50 for 50 campaign to be a part of leveling the playing field for elite women athletes. Here's Denisha Francis, 24-year-old from Kennewaka. Denisha Francis. So UCLA needs five big scores. They have one. Well, she is capable of doing that. This routine is unbelievable to watch. Showcasing unique choreography, her flexibility. Francis is used to big scores. And so is this crowd. Here we go. <laughs> There's the 10. There's uh-huh. your 10. Welcome to Flame Bears, the women athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. I'm your host, Jamie. In this episode, we speak with Jamaican Olympic gymnast, Danusha Francis, about the power of positive manifestation. Danusha has missed the last two Olympics by literally one spot. So she knows a thing or two about resilience. Now at the age of 27, she's on the road to Tokyo as Jamaica's second ever Olympic gymnast. We begin by talking about how Danusha got into gymnastics, and transition to discuss the power of positive manifestation. My name is Danusha Francis. I do gymnastics for Jamaica. So I started when I was five years old, just after school with my siblings. And I remember watching it on TV. And first of all, that was the first time seeing gymnastics on TV. And then also there was a gymnast called Elena Zamolodzikova from Russia and she just had so much confidence and charisma and her performance was just so effortless and I just kind of wanted to be like her. I just thought that seemed like the pinnacle and I mean I still believe it is a pinnacle of gymnastics or in a lot of sports as well. I just wanted to make it that far. At that time I didn't know if I actually had the potential (laughs) but you know you dream big at a young age. Danusha grew up in Great Britain, and she's half Polish and half Jamaican. So I was curious how she identifies. Definitely just like mixed race. I don't feel like I have to say I'm one or the other because I am all of them. I've just always had a very strong sense of self with sort of loving my skin color, loving my hair. And um, I'm very grateful for that because I know that that's just like an innate thing that is part of me. I've got the Polish name, which is Danusha, but I've also got curly hair and brown skin and I'm very proud to be Polish and Jamaican and British. My mum is Polish and her parents, they both were refugees in World War II and my great-grandma was in Auschwitz and so they've got a really obviously great history and my great-grandma had to travel across Europe to then be reunited with my granddad and then brought him to England and then my dad's side is Jamaican. So I don't have a good relationship with my dad, which has been really 
cool for me though, competing for Jamaica and actually getting to learn a lot more about the culture and really getting in touch with my Jamaican side. And that was also how I got in touch with some of my other family members on my dad's side. Danusha is representing Jamaica this summer in Tokyo. So I asked her what it means for her to wear the black, green and gold colors. It means the world to me, honestly. I just feel like they've really welcomed me over these past few years where I've kind of proved myself and got some historic results for them. And every single time I do a competition or even if I just sort of post a video, like I get lots of fans and I get some of the media interested and I just feel so supported. And I just hope to continually help progress the sport. So we've had one ever female gymnast in the Olympics. And so I'll be the second one. Given that Danusha's mom is the Polish one, I was curious how she felt about her daughter's choice to compete for the Jamaican team. I think um, it's a, a really good choice for her because she had represented Britain. She She's born here and she gave back a lot. You know, she represented them at Worlds and so on and so on. But that journey finished. Then she represented UCLA. And then GB wasn't, wasn't an option while she was at UCLA. So that left Jamaica or Poland. Now, she is black in a white country, if you like. And it's a celebration of her as a black woman to represent Jamaica in a way that representing Poland wouldn't. She loves all things Jamaican, especially Usain Bolt, <laughs> who is her, probably her favourite person in the world. So I fully support her choice because as a black woman, her Jamaican roots are very obvious. And I just I think it's right that she represent Jamaica because I think she's closer to those roots than her Polish roots. In some ways, she's she's living as a as a you know, half Jamaican. And according to Danusha's UCLA gymnastics coach, Danusha has always embraced her individuality. It's actually part of what makes her so special as a gymnast, but also a person. My name is Valerie Condos Field. I am known in, in the gymnastics world as Miss Val. And I was the head coach at UCLA for 29 years. I am recently retired. And I had the pleasure of coaching Danusha when she was a student athlete at UCLA. We loved learning about the fact that she was, her mother is Polish and her father is Jamaican. And she came in with this very, very curly, traditional, stereotypical, I should say, Jamaican or African-American hair that was bleach blonde. And... I just absolutely loved it. And I loved it so much that we put choreography to it in her floor routine before her tumbling pass. She would play with her hair, her big, <laughs> massive ponytail poof. And then right before she tumbles, she'd pull one curl up and then flick it out. And oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love the fact that she embraced her individuality because it gave her teammates permission to embrace their individuality and not have to try to be and look like any, anybody else. What a gift, right, to a team of, of young women. Despite Danusha's sparkling personality, her road to Tokyo has been filled with its fair share of stop signs and red lights. In 2011, which was the World Championships that you qualified to the 2012 Olympics, I was part of that team, which was 
really, really cool and obviously there's a lot of pressure and so when we finally did that, that was a really sort of huge moment in, in all of our careers at that time. And then 2012, the following year, so did all the trials, but unfortunately just missed out, was ended up being reserve. And I actually also broke my wrist, so I was, res I was named reserve and then we had to still attend the camp up to the Olympics. And then I broke my wrist while I was at the camp. So I kind of saw that as a blessing in disguise because if I had made the team and then broke my wrist and then had to give all of my kit to the gymnast that was a reserve, I think that way round was more heartbreaking in my head. So I don't know if that was just a way for me to kind of help myself get through it. Gymnastics is known as a really young sport. So Danusha thought that she had missed her shot at the Olympics. But she's a glass half full type and saw the best in what she had coming. Danusha does what she does best. She kept walking the beam. I was kind of like, okay, like you really, you got so close and on to the next. And so then I was off to UCLA on a gymnastics scholarship and absolutely loved it. It kind of showed me this new perspective of how to train and how to compete. And I definitely just flourished and became the best gymnast and performer I could become and just believed in myself that much more and, and my abilities. And it was there that I kind of just fell in love with the sport again and in a different way. The next competition was going to be the Commonwealth Games, but that didn't end up happening for different reasons. They didn't end up sending anyone. The next competition was the 2015 World Championships, the qualifier for the 2016 Olympics. I get a second chance at this dream that I've had. So I do the 2015 World Championships. It goes really well. I'm the highest scoring Jamaican and I qualified to the Olympic test event. But unfortunately, the Jamaicans wanted to send a different athlete. Turns out, it's not just always just your skills that gets you to the games. It's also up to the people selecting the team. And for Danusha, that meant missing out on Rio as well. So it's like completely just out of your control, but it's just other people that got to select who they wanted to go. And then fast forward to 2019, qualifying for 2020, I was had to just come in a certain place and get a certain <laughs> score. So that time it was like all down to me and like my gymnastics. And looking back, that's kind of interesting. And it's just this time around, it was just down to my performance, my scores, where I placed. So yeah, after UCLA, I did take a um, year and a half off. And then I um, came back and chased this dream. Given that Danusha had faced not one, but two previous Olympic letdowns, I asked her mom what advice she gave her daughter when she was deciding whether to train for Tokyo or not. Enjoy the journey. What happens, happens, but you'll have no regrets. You won't look back and think, I wish I'd tried. Because she has tried. She's tried three times. Third time lucky, then a delay. But, you know, finally, <laughs> we're, a month, we're a month away and she's still there. She's still persevering. She's made her goal and now is her time to shine, not to feel scared or pressured. And once Danusha made up her mind that she was going for it, she locked in on competing for Jamaica. So I wanted to explore my options and it was Jamaica that drew me towards wanting to compete for them because I just felt like they have this fun spirit and a lot of charisma and I've always idolised Usain Bolt. 
And so I just wanted to be a part of that team. Francis, 24-year-old from Kenilworth. And starting with a smile, such a graceful gymnast and she gives the Usain Bolt stance. Usain is one of our idols, of course, also from Jamaica. So here they come down the track. Usain Bolt sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. The wind is okay. She actually ended up meeting her idol and it did not disappoint. My sister was just casually talking to him like he was a normal person. And then I was like hyperventilating in the corner and she's like, come over. He wants to meet you. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go over there and he's just so friendly and like congratulating me on competing. I'm just like, what is happening? Just so cool. So inviting, like no ego about him whatsoever. Just so humble. Like if you didn't know who he was, which I think everybody on earth pretty much does, then you just think he was like the coolest guy anyway. For most Missing the Olympics by one spot would be enough to completely shatter dreams. But Danusha faced two close calls. First, just missing London, and then just missing Rio. Oh, and then there was the pandemic, which bumped Tokyo back an extra year, with the constant looming threat of it just being canceled altogether. Turns out, Tokyo wasn't the only thing that was postponed for Danusha, nor the only challenge that came her way this year. So um, we postponed our wedding a year once we knew the Olympics was postponed. It just made sense. Obviously, those are two of the biggest things in my life that will probably ever happen. So um, I want to have like full focus on both of them. A little bit disappointing, but like definitely way worse things. And I did actually lose a family member, which was obviously horrendous and I know a lot of people have lost people during this pandemic so that was obviously a personal hard thing for all of us to go through. Given all that Danusha has gone through I asked her how she continues to pick herself up when things don't go according to plan. I think just the people around me So obviously I mentioned my mum already a few times, but she's always the one that can kind of put it back into perspective for me. And then also my coaches, they've never doubted me. I don't know why I'm getting emotional now. (laughs) But um, when I decided to go for it again, they were just like, yep, like no one kind of saw it as like silly or anything like that. Yeah, so they were always just fully behind me and just having people like that since day one has always allowed me to Obviously, everyone fears failure, but if you fail and there's people around you that pick you back up, it's not like you can carry on into a downward spiral. Um, It's much easier to pick yourself back up and carry on. Danusha has a strong belief that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I just think that I'm not religious, but I do think that there's just like a path and like a a journey that everyone's life is meant to follow and um, all of the sort of trials and tribulations and obstacles are thrown at you because you can handle them and because you're going to grow from them so that's kind of what I mean when everything happens for a reason and it might mean that like for me going to UCLA like falling in love with the sport or just like different doors and opportunities that open from these negative or or not so great experiences Obviously, I've been working for it for so long. It's been a dream of mine for my whole life. So I think it's taken so long to sink in. So I think 
each milestone of sort of getting on the plane and then stepping into the Olympic Village and then first day of training, I think each milestone it's going to still continue to sink in and probably until I finish the competition, I won't really be able to fully be like, wow, I've done it. I finally made my dream come true. And she credits much of her success to positive manifestation. I always thought it was a bit cliche or just a bit sort of, I don't know why, I just didn't want to buy into it that much. And um, then when I was really, really focused on this dream of qualifying for the Olympics, I just wanted to do everything I could to make it come true. And just, I knew this, this will be my final attempt at this goal. And I knew it was within my reach, so I just didn't want to have any regrets. So at the start of the year, I just wrote down all my goals on a vision board. And obviously I was seeing them every day and um, put them on my mirrors and just places where I was going to see them. And just every time I was looking at them, I was saying them out loud and just really trying to empower myself and really just take that belief in the goal to the next level. And again, like it worked. So I've definitely become a believer now. And now Jamaica is a believer in her. Danusha is now the second ever Olympic gymnast in Jamaica's history. She's literally building the gymnastics program from the ground up. So I wanted to hear from another Jamaican Olympic trailblazer. When I think of original Jamaican Olympic trailblazers, there's one iconic team and man that comes to mind. Some people say, you know, they can't believe my name is Devon Harris. I'm a three-time Olympian, founding member of the Jamaican bobsled team from 1988, of course. And I was a pusher, so to speak. I was the number two guy in that four-man sled. And then I became a driver and I drove the two-man sled in 1992, Albeville, France, and 1998 in Nagano, Japan. While Mr. Harris competed in a different sport for Jamaica, and during the Winter Games. Like Danusha, he overcame his own set of massive challenges to blaze a trail for his country. He too heralds the power of visualization. As human beings, we're we're always visualizing. I think most people don't realize that they hear the term visualization and they think it's this kind of, I don't know, either cuckoo, woo-woo kind of practice or some kind of higher level mastery. And, and yeah, sure, you know, you can achieve a, a high level of mastery in visualization. But I think we have to recognize that like every minute of every day, we are imagining an outcome. And so if you think about your own life and the times when you're excited about something, it's because you're imagining, you're visualizing an outcome that you would like and, it, and you get excited about it. Conversely, when you are worried about a situation, you're imagining an outcome that you wouldn't want and you become nervous or sad about that. And so I think the first thing is to develop an awareness of the fact that you are, you have this ability, and then to consciously imagine the outcome that you would want, like all the time, and, and work as hard as you can to feel what that outcome is going to be like. And I don't want to use the word resist, I was supposed to resist any negative emotions or thoughts that might come, in, come your way. They will come. Just allow them to dissipate. And you stay focused on that which you are trying to accomplish. It works on so many different levels. It works in terms of enhancing your ability to perform whatever task it is that you're 
looking to perform. And it works in terms of you, she used the word manifesting, and I'm going to say uh, it works in terms of you achieving the goals. Because sometimes, again, when people hear the word manifesting, it seems so otherworldly. It helps you to achieve your goals, man. So become someone who deliberately visualize. I asked Danusha where she learned about visualization and the power of positive manifestation. But it would definitely be my coach. She would be someone that's definitely, definitely always just like seeing the glass half full. Oh, it's probably going to make me cry again. Don't know what's wrong with me. Okay, no, I do. I'm always emotional. <laughs> but um, when she was going through cancer and seeing how every single day she was still so positive and that was like when I was actually at UCLA she was diagnosed and went through all her chemo and stuff like right in front of us but she, I don't even think she missed one full day of coming into the gym and there was like a couple of chips she couldn't come on but she was just such a trooper not just like getting through it like getting through it with a gigantic smile on her face and still giving her all to everyone around her and yeah she's just yeah always that person that is just willing to give and willing to see the positive side. And yeah, she's definitely someone that helped me to be able to do that as well. Here's Miss Val on working with Danusha. Danusha was one of the most real athletes I've ever coached as a human being. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She wears her all of her emotions on her sleeve. And she came into the gym more times than not, happy, grateful, excited about the day, about living life to its fullest. One thing I've always loved about having Danusha on our team was that she was true to who she was. She embraced all of the gifts that she has been given physically, mentally, and she never tried to be somebody else. And so she is an extremely flexible gymnast. She would not, we would not classify her as exceptionally powerful. And so she figured out a way to make the sport work for her with beautiful lines, great technique and skills that showcased her body type and her flexibility. And Janisha saw that her learning her beam dismantle is a blessing that came about because she did not go to London. That's how Danusha lives life. She literally sees the glass half full all the time instead of the glass half empty. She lives life with such appreciation and gratitude and love for everything and everyone. As Danusha looks back at her journey to Tokyo, I asked her what advice she'd like to offer to people facing their own challenges. I think kind of common theme that we've gone back to is the positive manifestation so I would want listeners to just go and write down their dreams their goals whether they're long term short term whether they think it's like the wildest dream of all time just write it down and then just stick it somewhere in your room or wherever you want to put it where you're going to see it and then every single day just read that to yourself and if you want to add to it if you want to then decide to break it down into smaller goals, then just just keep doing that and then they'll start to become more realistic and you'll be able to define your sort of map into making them come true. You have one life, so just don't have any regrets and don't sort of fear failure or 
So embarrassed of your goals or your dreams. In closing, I asked Mr. Harris what he wanted to say to Danusha as a fellow Jamaican breaking Olympic barriers. So in Cool Runnings, there's a scene where Junior say, uh, Go ahead, Yulbrenner. Go get your palace. So go, Danusha, go get your palace, girl. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, the women athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Flame Bears. Please show us some love by leaving us a positive review. As we've grown in scale, we've started to pick up a few trolls, so any and all positivity is always appreciated. Massive thank you to the Harvard Kennedy School's Women in Public Policy Program and Harvard Innovation Lab for your ongoing support. We're so excited to be a part of the Stanford Female Incubator Program Galvanizer. Can't wait to see what we can do together. Thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support and to teammate Hayek Serato for your terrific work via social media. Lastly, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and check out Deja Young's episode where we discuss mental health and the Paralympic movement. We'll catch you on our next episode.